Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast that covers the daily events of all the European royal families. Today, we are going to talk about the events from Tuesday, January 5th, as well as today, January 6th of 2021. Um, And we're going to jump right into that in just a second. I do want to preface, um, I'm from the States. I think I've talked about that enough on here. Um, There's obvious, if you're paying attention to the world, there's a lot happening in the States right now. Um, So I'm going to be a little scatterbrained. I'm going to try really hard not to talk about it. Um, I am going to talk about American politics in the Belgian segment, but I'm going to try and keep that very um, restrained. I also will say I have um, in my AirPod a like a live feed of the news, um, in case something goes horribly wrong in the, in the States. I want to know about it very quickly. Um, but I just want to preface that I'm going to be a little distracted. I was hoping I wouldn't be, but, um, things are way more serious than I thought they would be about this whole day. So we're going to jump in. Um, I am doing another car podcast because I'm on like a slow time for work. Um, cause apparently the world stops when democracy is at risk, um, which is great actually, but I, um, also I'm going to be distracted by work. I'm just distracted today, but there wasn't a lot to talk about. So we should be able to get into everything before things even get complicated, honestly. So with that, we are now going to jump in to the Belgian Royal family. And again, this is... Tuesday, January 5th, and Wednesday, January 6th of 2021's events from all of the royals. So, let's jump into Belgium. In Belgium, on Tuesday, King Philippe just had a or had an audience with um, one of the vice ministers, um, former Prime Minister Sophie Wilms, who is a minister for something now. I don't remember what it is. Um, it's been a weird day. <laughs> I'm going to give myself a lot of grace today for not being as well-researched as I would like on some of these other topics. Um just because it's been a weird day. But that happened on Tuesday, and that was the only event there. And then today, um, King Philippe held a farewell audience for the U.S. ambassador to uh, Belgium. And this is where I'm not going to get super political, It's going to hint on politics. One, because I'm an American, I am a political person. I enjoy politics much like I enjoy royalty. I love the history of politics. I love the game. I love the sport of it. Um, I don't love things like today. (laughs) That's not a thing that I like. But I do love the game and the sport of it. Um, And so I like talking about it. Um, And also, I have made no secret that I was a... Biden supporter in the election and am a a Democrat. So I have those beliefs. Um, And that is, you know, that's part of me. That's the way I see the world. So 
um, to see that this morning, uh, before all the chaos was a very exciting moment because we will see, um, presumably through the next couple of weeks, um, a, a lot of these farewell audiences, not all of them are publicized. Some are, um, between the monarch and the ambassador because more than likely every ambassador every U.S. ambassador will be replaced, um, and so will resign their post effective January 20th. Um, some are, of course, heading home now. Some will head home shortly after January 20th, but they will all more than likely be replaced, um, just because of the caliber of these ambassadors. Um, so they will be replaced in the next couple of weeks, presumably, um, and will start having some credential ceremonies with U.S. ambassadors, which I have mentioned before. I am extremely excited. I will be hopefully well-researched on who the ambassadors are representing each, um, representing the U.S. to each of the seven countries I talk about, um, because they will all at some point within the next few months have audiences with the monarch. So I want to be prepared for that. Um, but that is a sign that, you know, the United States is moving towards uh, a Biden presidency and that this morning was an extremely uplifting moment. Um, it is not now. Um, let's see. It's been... I don't know, eight hours since I saw that. And uh, a lot has happened since then. So that's what was going on in Belgium. Um, and now we are going to, we're skipping the UK because there was nothing over the past couple of days from there. Uh, we're skipping Denmark because there's been nothing. Um, and we are going to move right on to the Netherlands now. So in the Netherlands, um, there was nothing on Tuesday and the calendar was completely empty. Um, there were no scheduled events and sometimes there would be at least a little something here or there. Um, but there was, there's nothing on their calendar. Um, but then today, um, again, nothing on the calendar. Sorry, excuse the dog. She's having a hard time because I'm sitting in front of my TV now at home. Um, and I've moved locations, but this is my current location. This is my normal location for recording. And so she's stressing out a little bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> so is she. Did you hear that? So um, today, King Willem Alexander participated in a working visit with doctors and nurses from a hospital in the town of Zwolle. Um, however, this was a digital working visit held entirely over video conference. So there isn't like a whole lot of information shared um, other than that, you know, they're talking about COVID because in every other country in the world, that's the 
news story that a king can talk about. Um, and it is the biggest thing happening in the world everywhere but here. <laughs> um, and so that's what was going on. Um, you know, talking about their experience in the second wave of the pandemic and what happened there. And, um, you know, again, like, just... I, I know we all know this, but 2021 didn't necessarily ever mean the end of COVID. Um, and, and of course that's how 2021 is going to start because COVID is the biggest thing happening in the world 99% of the time. Um, I know the world has all kind of been distracted today. Um, you know, truly the world, not just the states. Um, there's a lot happening in the U.S. that Europe is watching and Europe is talking about. Um, and so, but COVID is the biggest thing. So that's what was going on in the Netherlands. I'm sorry. I, I want to just preemptively say I, I did, <laughs> this is a hard day. Um, I stupidly thought today would not be hard and it would be really easy to jump back into the podcast and not really worry about what was happening on the U.S. election scene. But, um, alas, here we are. So, with that, um... I think we can move on now to Norway. And again, I'm just going to apologize for my distraction. So let's go ahead and move on to Norway now. So I took a little bit of a break, kind of recentered. Um, it's still a hard day. I'm still going to be struggling because I'm still watching the news. Um, but let's talk about what happened in Norway today. All right. So today, an event that was not on the calendar but happened anyway is um, Crown Prince Akun was part of a digital meeting with the team of Norwegians who will be sitting on the UN Security Council. So the UN Security Council is like a separate entity of the United Nations. And they have a group of, I think, six to nine steady members. You know what? I'm going to look up what that is because I want to be correct. So it is... There, okay, I'm sorry. I'm way off. There are 15 permanent members, um, including... No, I'm still wrong. Ugh, Wikipedia failed me. Okay, so there are five permanent members of the Security Council. China, France, Russia, the UK, and the US. 
and then there are 10 cycling members. So Norway has been chosen for a two-year cycle on the Security Council, and so that, I believe, starts um, like today or on the 1st of January or something. Um, and so it is kind of part of like how the security of the world is negotiated. Um, you can sanction countries for horrible atrocities at the Security Council. Um, the role is to investigate any, so this is like a quote, um, the role of the Security Council is to investigate investigate any situation threatening international peace, recommend procedures for peaceful resolution of a dispute, the call upon other member nations to completely or partially interrupt economic relations as well as sea, air, postal, and radio communications or to sever diplomatic relations. So basically, if there is a conflict to international peace, the Security Council can get involved and stop it, essentially. Um, and so Norway gets a seat on the council for a few years, and um, Crown Prince Akun was a huge part of um, starting that charge and being a part of that um, election cycle, essentially. Like, he rallied for it and lobbied for it um, and worked hard with the Security Council to make sure that that happened. Um, and so today they were talking about priorities and stuff over video conference. So that's what was going on in Norway. Um, they are back to kind of regularly scheduled engagements, I believe, tomorrow. Um, so we'll see how that plays out over the next few days. And now we are gonna go ahead and move on to Spain, which had the most exciting day of them all. So let's go over to Spain now. So we are finishing out today's episode in Spain, where I actually have a well-researched conversation because I did this part last night. And no, today was going to be as stressful as it was, but I was prepared, at least in some sense. So today was Pascua Militar, or Military Easter in Spain. And this is an annual holiday. It's held every January 6th. It is a ceremony presided over the king and it dates back like 300 years. So here's a little bit of the history and then we'll go through like what the day was. So Pascua Militar or Military Easter is a military holiday that commemorates the expulsion of the English from Majorca, which is an island um, in the Balearic Sea near 
Valencia. I mean, it's not really near, but it's kind of in that general region, I think. Um, that is now a part of Spain and was always kind of a, con it's been a contested part of Spain until 1782 when the Spanish army was able to recapture it and make it their own. So, hold on, something's happening on the television. I'll be right back. Okay, sorry about that. Had to take a little break. <sighs> this day. Um, so I was talking about Passport Militar. Probably should have listened to what I was saying before. But that's the gist of what the holiday is. It celebrates the retaking of Majorca. Um, and it has been held every year on January 6th, which is also the... Um, recognition of epiphany which is a holiday in the christian faith um that happens 12 days after christmas um it also is in spain called dia de los reyes or day of the kings which celebrates the three wise men it's the traditional day when kids open their presents um and celebrate you know kind of the way americans do christmas um that usually happens on the sixth so that is all Pasqua Militar background. Um, usually, here's how the day looks. Um, so it's held at the Royal Palace in Madrid, um, both inside and also in like um, the, there's a space between the palace and the cathedral. Um, and it has, it has a name, but I don't remember what it is. And it, so it's held there. Um, so King Felipe and Queen Letizia will arrive. Um, they will stand on their little box for the national anthem. Uh, Felipe will review the troops. Um, and then traditionally they go into like a reception room, shake hands with all the people who are attending the ceremony. And then they go into the throne room and have the ceremony. Um, <laughs> which is where King Felipe will award military orders and then followed by two speeches from uh, one, the Minister of Defense, and then two, King Felipe. So that all pretty much happened. It was a little modified. Um, there were less troops than there normally are. Um, there were less attendees than there normally are. Um, but everything else really happened. There wasn't the traditional reception room greeting because they can't shake hands anyway, so why add that extra step? Um, but everything remained the same. Um, each individual attendee walked into the throne room, greeted the king and queen from afar by just you know bowing their head. These are all military people, so whether they're monarchists or not, that's their commander-in-chief. So they will bow their head uh, to both king and queen. And um, I think, so I kind of watched last year's ceremony just to prepare. Um, and it is for sure that there were less recipients of military honors. Um, but one thing that was kind of cool about it is they were all given these awards um, and normally there's, you know, a handshake or something, um, but that 
can't really happen. So King Felipe just kind of like put his arms on everyone's shoulders and just like greeted them that way. It was very um, <laughs> interesting. I thought it was funny. I was really concerned there was only one woman getting the award and I was like, oh, please don't be, you know, please don't have a sexist moment and not do the same for her. Um, but he did. It was great. Um, and then he gave his speech. Now, this is where the rail, the wheels have kind of come off is I haven't read his speech yet because when I was getting ready to write the script, my country was under attack, essentially, by domestic terrorists and rioters and all the things that have happened today. So, um, I am going to pull up his speech and just quickly read it um, and see if there's anything worth noting. Um, sometimes he kind of sets the tone for like the year in these. I remember last year and for reference, this was like right before I started the podcast last year. Um, but he talked about, um, like an open military, um, mood, like overall theme was to be open and honest and transparent type of thing and like open to change, etc. So I am just quickly looking through. Um, he's talking about each individual um, branch of the military in Spain. Uh, he talked about the UN. Um, and then of course, um, COVID-19 is brought up because how can it not be? Um, talks about the constitution and I do, this is a personal thing. Um, because of the day that like American democracy has had. So Spain is a new democracy, um, and it's been on my mind a lot today that they had a coup attempt shortly after Juan Carlos took the throne and was trying, the world was trying, the Spanish people were trying to create a constitution and figuring it all out, and that was, you know, 40-ish years ago, and... I've been thinking a lot about it today because of what happened here. Um, so I want to read this part of Felipe's speech because it talks about their constitution and their democratic values. Um, and so I think it just applies to the day, even if you're not American. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry if you are American and don't care, um, but this is important and people should care. I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on, what color you, I like, I don't care. Um, this is important. What happened today is important. And like, here we go. Okay. So he said, and it's just, I'm just going to read the paragraph. Um, the constitution recognizes freedoms and rights and enshrines democratic values 
in order, as well as the duties to which we are all subject. The Constitution is the free and democratically decided path for the Spanish people. We are all unconditionally committed to it because it is the source of... It is the source of the legitimacy of all powers and of all state institutions, a legitimacy that is renewed every day by respecting and observing it. And so, of course, like that for me reads differently today than it probably would have if I had read this speech this morning in all actuality. Um, I just think like it's extremely important to recognize the importance of being a democracy and the freedoms that that provides us um and spain but like of course i'm reading it and i'm thinking about the u.s because of course i am i mean how can i not today um and i'm thinking about our the u.s's authority as a leader in democracy and how countries like Spain, when they were creating their democracy again, thought about the U.S. and our experiment with having this kind of governmental system. Um, And how important it is that we as Americans kind of take that and be grateful for it. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here seven hours, eight hours after a riot in my seat of government. Um, And I'm sitting here watching them eight hours later. I I don't even remember when the darn thing happened. Probably about two o'clock. So yeah, eight hours. And my government leaders are back in, ready to make this happen, ready to abide by the Constitution. And so, on one sense, I am horrified to be an American today. And in another, I am so grateful for my Constitution and my democracy because I can't imagine living in a world without one. And I got a taste of what it could be like. You know, I am a panicker when it comes to things that could happen in my government and I was very scared today and so to not have to worry about it you know nine hours later after it started I am counting myself extremely lucky to live in this country with this constitution and this democracy that is somehow upholding through chaos um and so I just think like I know I've talked about it a lot and I know I said I wouldn't And I, the alternative, it's not talking at all in this podcast. Um, But that particular quote really just resonated with me clearly. Um, So back to Spain, I apologize again, but it's where we're at. Um, So he ends by talking about mm, COVID, shocking. And then he ends um, and he always ends it always ends their, the speech with Viva España, which roughly translates to Long Live Spain. Um, and everyone in the room responds with Viva El Rey, which is Long Live the King. So it was a really cool traditional event. Um, it was, I was excited for it mostly because I love, I was 
anticipating the return of the Spanish royal family and just return to normalcy. Um, you know, that was, <laughs> I was excited this morning when I watched it. Uh, and now that feels like 60 days ago. Um, why are people clapping? Okay, you guys, I'm going to end this podcast. Um, I will talk to you all in a few days um, on Saturday where we'll cover Thursday and Friday's events. Um, So I will talk to you all then. Until then, have a really great day. Um, If you're from America, appreciate that you get to live in America still. Um, And even if you don't agree with everything that happened by the end of today, you're still an American and like there's some room for that. So with that, have a fantastic day and I will talk to you all on Saturday. Bye.